Thanks for tuning in to Wisdom of the Weight Room, where we take the wisdom gained in a weight room setting and weave it into your everyday life. Welcome back to the podcast. We've been away, but don't stray because we're back. What is up, Miguel? How are you, Brock? I'm good, man. You know, we're just, we've had a little conversation before this. Yeah. Just getting our frustrations out, <laughs> you know, talking about life and frustrations. Yes. So we felt this might be just a good a day to get back. We first want to apologize for being gone for a couple of weeks. Life happens, you know. Uh, we have things going on. Miguel is in the process of moving, yep. getting into a new house, yep. got some baby on the way. So he got a lot of life priorities going on that definitely take forefront over uh, a silly podcast. Serious yeah. silly podcast. <laughs> I don't want to say that we don't take this serious because we do. But yeah. yeah, so we just had to take a couple weeks off for him to get the house ready and do do the thing. Yeah. Yeah, it was a long process. I'm glad we're sort of done. Say so the house is nice though. It is nice. The house is nice. Yeah. It's oh man. I I knew I was like Miguel's gonna do Miguel things. He's gonna go like not overboard, but he's gonna be he's gonna be fancy with it. <laughs> so like I had some expectations when you had the the housewarming party. Yeah. And the diaper keg, but yeah. it exceeded those for sure. So yeah. the the high expectations I had, it exceeded that, which is which is awesome, man. Yeah. It's 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 stellar. It's a good good spot. Yeah, it was. Congrats. Yeah, thank you. It uh, we've been patient for it to get done. You know, we started in July and now we're here, November. You know, um, but it was worth the wait. You know, it was one of those tasks that we wanted to take on while we were building the gym, and we did it. That's and, crazy. Yeah. You yeah. You build a gym and. Remodel house. Remodel house. And then move into a house. It's crazy. And have a baby on the way. Yeah. Baby what is here going on? That's <laughs> crazy. Miguel's on the do what most won't. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> why we did it. <laughs> most would not do all those things in a, what, four-month yeah. four time frame? Yeah. Allie and I were talking the other night, last night, What's when he had a minute. And, you know, it's been a weird year. We had elections just hatting out, you know, the other day. And then we had COVID happen, and most people, you know, were struggling with COVID where we just went. We did more than we went ham. Yeah, 2020 has been a crazy year for us. A lot of changes. That's good though. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Nice. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's where we were. Um, so now we're back, and we wanted to keep it a little lighthearted, kind of get back in the groove of things. Again, we were talking about our frustrations before the podcast, and we're just gonna kind of get get into that within a gym environment. What's our our pet peeves, would you rather, as, as the gym goes? What are our frustrations? What are the things we see in a gym setting, in a training setting, yeah. that we de- necessarily don't agree with and rub us the wrong way? You go first, Miguel. What do you got? <laughs> oh, I got a lot. Um, we do got a lot. We, yeah. So I think first I'll start off with the, the funnier ones, the not as, I don't know. They're, they're, they're not as like... Serious. Uh, but they're just, not as just, like detrimental to like someone's no, health, no, or things like that. These are just what they're I've just kind of like they're RC, very opinionated, probably. Too. Yes, yes. So we're gonna sound probably like assholes saying these things, but it's just we're telling we're being honest. This is things that I really find annoyance with. Yeah, it's a personal preference that yes. we personally do not agree with. Yes. All right. So what's your first one? Okay. So my first one is 
I find a big annoyance with people who wear gloves and put a pad on the bar when they squat. Oh, yeah. Oh, that this is... one I will kill my athletes over, and I will make fun of them because their hands are soft or their back is soft, so they need to wear gloves. And I get it a lot, coach. You know, can I wear gloves? You know, my hands hurt today. No. <laughs> if, yes, no, exactly. Let's, no, don't Let's tell do them that. why. Yes. Because there is a reasoning behind not yeah. using these things. So, yeah, tell them why. So, uh, gloves... The biggest thing is your hands, yes, when you're lifting with a barbell or you're lifting a dumbbell, it creates uh, pain and whatnot, but it's only, the pain is insignificant because it only lasts for a certain amount of time. You have not been training enough because your hands aren't used to the gripping the bar and whatnot, and you do not have calluses built on your hands, so then it just pinches them in a way. But if you train, you know, consistently over a month or whatever, uh, that those calluses will be built up where you will not need gloves anymore. Um, I think it also ruins the the connection with you and the bar as well. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, like you when you squeeze a bar and it's your hand to the surface, it just there's uh, a kinetic energy that is taken away when you wear gloves. You're one with the bar. Yes, and gloves look ridiculous. Like oh, seriously, they look, they're definitely not fashionably. No. No. Good. <laughs> and I would say, you know, another thing that people will bring up or athletes will bring up, well, hey, coach, my hands are sweating, so it's slippery. Well, then at that point, you need to invest in chalk or use chalk so that your hands stop slipping because that, that's me all the time. You know, I, my hands sweat a lot, so I use a lot of chalk. This is kind of silly. You can also use uh, sweatbands. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, those yeah. are kind of funny. You yeah. can get some, like, they have these nice ones now that are very thin material. So it kind of looks like you just have, like, uh, a bracelet on, mm -hmm. like a thicker bracelet. So you don't have those, like, 80s thick red sweatbands yeah. on your wrist. So yeah. You're not going to look funny, but, yeah, you can always use wristbands if you're yeah. going to have a sweat yeah. problem. Or chalk, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and then the pad, it's the same thing. You know, the bar it can be very uncomfortable until you get used to using the bar. Um, and finding that spot that feels comfortable on your back. And then once you find it, then that pain subsides. And usually most people haven't squatted enough where they haven't figured out where to put the bar in the first place. And then it just causes discomfort. Where I say break it harder over your back. If it hurts, make it hurt more. Yeah. That's the only way it's going to get better. So, and then same thing, if you, if you have a pad, now you're pulling through the pad to keep that locked in on your back, which is absolutely ridiculous. So those are two, you know, gloves and pads I cannot agree with, and I never will. Uh, no way. No age should you be doing that. My son that's seven wants to wear, use a pad sometimes or says that he needs gloves, and I'm like, no, we don't do that in my gym. That's not a thing. So start them young, you know, let them know how it is. But that's that's my first one. What do you got, Brock? I got some. I got some funny ones. My two are. Yeah, you. Yeah, you definitely see this sometimes. Uh, so first one is jeans. Guys that wear <laughs> jeans in a gym. How do normally, yeah. normally these guys are not training. They're no. just in there like for aesthetics, doing some dumbbell curls, maybe hitting that set of bench. Definitely not in there. Uh, with all any type of seriousness to them, yeah. But don't wear jeans in the weight room, especially if it's. I mean, if it's your last resort, 
Only time you can wear jeans in the weight room is if you're Chuck Norris. That is it. You cannot wear jeans in the weight room. Plan ahead. You know, I know sometimes you like, oh, I forget, forgot my gym clothes or whatever. Uh, go buy some. Go like, just do your best to not wear jeans in a training setting. We had a kid uh, during football season. He was a freshman. Forgot his, forgot his stuff. So he had to wear his jeans. And I'm just like, dude, can't do that can't do that and then I get like when you're a kid like it just is what it is like I wasn't gonna be like no we're not gonna train like you gotta you gotta leave we did our thing but like I just encouraged him to hey plan ahead make sure like put a pair of like wear them under your pants Mm -hmm. we did that in high school all the time we literally wore jeans and had our shorts basketball shorts under our pants do that or stuff them in your bag put them all over the school like hide some that way you have you have them no matter what did he rip his pants no okay no i have seen that before yeah that and then my next one is uh bluetooth guys when you're like talking on the phone like whatever i there's whatever you're you're getting why why you got to do it in a weight room why you got to do it in the gym that can wait either go Outside, go somewhere else, go somewhere secluded where you can take care of your business and then come back or, or try to manage your scheduling where you don't have to make a, a conference call while you're in the middle of bench press. You are not training hard enough if you can have a full-on conversation. With Absolutely somebody. not. So there's you, you know Spenzo, right? Yeah. I'm going to put him on blast. <laughs> <laughs> Every time Spenzo comes in to train, I think we're having a conversation and he's talking to somebody else. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, get off your phone. Like, the, uh, how can you talk to somebody? And he'll talk to him while he's hitting a set. Yeah, you can't do I'm that. I'm like, come man. on, man. Like, you can't do that, Spence. Like, Spence. you're not training hard enough, man. And so I call him out all the time. I'm like, hey, did you put your phone down? Yeah. You know? The other funny thing with phones is the people that have to take the pictures of themselves. Selfies. Gym selfie. I cannot Hashtag stand gym that. selfie. You were, oh, we had another guy. I'm going to call him out, too. His name's Gus. He's on the rugby team, and uh, when he would come in and during COVID and train with us, he would be taking snaps of him all the time. <laughs> so we'd be like, Gus, you need a spot. And you'd see him. Not even like, for the gram? They were just Snapchats? Oh, I don't even know. I could be. He's probably <laughs> doing it all. He's a good-looking dude. And so, like, he's probably just, I don't know. But we'd have to tell him, hey, put your phone down. You need a spot. And he'd be like, what? What? Oh, yeah. Yeah, man, I know what you're doing. I can't tell you how many times I see people doing that. Bluetooth guy. Yeah. And jeans guy. Yeah, that's crazy. That's funny. I agree with those. What's next? Um, <laughs> body odor. Oh. Oh, man. I remember at the old gym, there was somebody that just stunk. Which old gym? Anytime? Yeah. Yeah. If you I still train, you know. Oh. Uh, if Trevor Cook's listening to this, oh, we talk man. about that. We know the guy you're that talking about, guy, and we yeah, talk about the guy, guy all the time. He the whole he clears room, the room, clears the, the whole, whole place smell. out. Come on, like you don't know you smell that bad. You you have to know you smell that bad. Absolutely. Like, and why wouldn't you change that? Like, I bring to when I train in my gym bag. If I'm not at my gym, I'll have a deodorant, like spray deodorant. And I, I know when I smell like funk. And if I know that, you know that you smell worse than me. Because, I mean, I don't, that's disgusting, though. Here's my thing. From a, a financial standpoint, if you can 
pay for a gym membership, <laughs> you can go to the 99 cent store and get you a dollar stick of deodorant. Yeah, it's just it, as simple as that. Or just ask me. Yeah, hey, or ask me. I mean, a couple of my our friends have asked, hey, man, you got your spray? Yeah, yeah all day. I don't want to smell it. Like, you don't want to, you know when you smell like funk. Yeah. There's certain, like, I've, because I've been in the gym, I'm like, oh, man, I, I kind of yeah. smell right yeah. now. But, like, yeah, when you can clear a room or clear a whole facility, mm. that's when something's problem. Mm. When you walk into the facility smelling yes. like that, that's the biggest yes. thing. I understand, like, it could progress over, over, your, over your lifting your, session. Yeah. Still take care of it. Yeah. But when you walk in and you haven't done a single, single thing, thing and you're still in, like, your everyday clothes and I can smell you. Yeah. We got problems, but yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, agree. I agree. Maybe they just don't care. I don't know, but they have to not care. Yeah, which is gross in its own. But and and I don't know. Maybe there's other reasons why they're not t- taking care of their hygiene. And I probably shouldn't bash them for that. But I just think it's courtesy. If if you know you smell and it's that bad that you're smelling up a whole room, try to fix it. Fix <laughs> that shit. Oh, yes. I like that one. Um, okay, where am I at? Putting your weights away. Ah, <laughs> uh, that is... Yes. Mm, just gets me going. I, for one, am like pretty... Well, I try to be. I like to be organized, especially working for a gym. I know at the, uh, the college rec, like that was kind of one of our, our duties. So I kind of got like clung on to just having like a nice facility, like having all the 45s go where the 45s go and the 25s go where the 25s go. Mm-hmm. And when like you just see a 45 on, on the 25. five, yeah. like on the top of the weight tree or just kind of sitting there in the corner or like you see it literally like 315 on a bench press and it's just sitting there. It's been sitting there for 20 minutes. Like, bro, if you can, if you can throw put up 315 on. on a bench press, put it away. Yeah. There's no excuse. The weight doesn't get heavier at the end of your workout. It's still like 45 is still 45 pounds. Yeah. Put it away. Yeah. I, I agree with that. Um, and then just, just being organized, like in the high school weight room, like we have uh, places guys can wear straps. And I just, I find straps all over the place. And I'm like, mm-hmm. no, they go in the strap crate. There's crates all around, put them back. Mm-hmm. Same thing with weights. Like the weight trees. That construction going on again. <laughs> the weight trees like we have and like you have like the I think power strength, right? Yeah. Like the big like yeah, I know there's a the hard at times. Side. Yeah, like the trees are on the side. I know there's hard at times, but like just do your best yeah. to to put them back. And if you see them unorganized, it takes twenty seconds to, to organize at, at least just a, a little bit of it. Yeah. Like don't it's, just it's being disciplined. Yeah. Oh, really. absolutely. and if it's not yours, it doesn't matter. Like I could treat it however I want. That's another thing I'll add on to that is it when you don't treat the equipment yeah. correctly or in the proper way. Like you just throw shit around. Excuse my language. But you just throw things around because it's not yours. Yeah. Well, come on. Like, I mean, just... that's what I see at the college. I mean, even at my gym, there's probably times where things are being, you know, not taken care of because it's not yours. Yep. And so I, I tell, like, I don't know how we're doing this, but we are losing 45s at the college. Like it's, there's like an illness in its own. Are they, are they broke? They're breaking. breaking? Oh. Yeah. And so I think people are using them for the wrong things. Or the they're steel throwing. ones, right? Not the they're, bumpers? No, yeah. The steel yeah, the ones, ones with, with like the handles. handles. Yeah. Those, those are weak. break pretty yes, easily. those are weak. You, I would never buy if those. If you handle them wrong. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but it, that's the thing too. Like if you don't take care of it, 
you know, like it's dumbbells not too, last. like just throwing dumbbells yeah, just throw, around. Yeah, come on. You're lifting 30 pounds and you need to chuck them. Yeah, don't do that. Or even 70 or 80. The only time that you should drop a dumbbell harder if it's over 120. Yeah. If, you know, like in most, uh, yeah. Uh, so that I get, I am on board with that. And it's a control drop. Like, don't just, yeah, just don't let them like, go. Try to control them as long as you can. And then there's and then, sometimes, like, if you're going to put yourself in harm's way, yeah, just then drop them. We have a thing but, on it. Yeah, no, go keep ahead. going. No, what were we going to say? I was going to say, like, if if you can't control the weight, you probably shouldn't be lifting in the first place. Exactly. It's too much weight. Yeah. Yeah, it's too much weight. At Iowa Central, if our kids leave out anything, it's 10 up downs for everything that I find. So there was a day early on where there was water bottles, there was plates, there was a barbell. The hooks on the rack have to be at a certain number. Those were messed up. We did probably 70 up-downs. I don't know. And they learned real quick, <laughs> put your stuff away and pick it up. You know, appearance is everything when you walk into a, a weight room. If it looks sloppy, people are probably going to treat, treat it a lot worse. If it looks put together, if it's cleaned up and whatnot, it, people will remember that. You know, so in our, my gym, um, it's the same thing, you know, like I'll go through every night and clean it up if it's not put back. And then even, you know, so we have different weights, different brands of plates and whatnot. I try to have all the rubber plates on one rack and then the, all, all the other ones, you know, split up between the two other racks that we have, uh, cause it just looks nice. And then the benches out of service. Presentable. Spot. Yeah. From yeah. like a. A gym owner's perspective, or if like you just work at a gym, like when you have mm-hmm. like prospects coming in that are potential members or clients or athletes, like you want the place to look presentable and yeah. nice so they can feel like they can come in and like wanna like come to this yeah. place. Yeah. When they see it's just a shit show and a mess, mm-hmm. like that the disorganization of a weight room can kind of tell that maybe the the coaching and the programming and the everything business. else, yeah, just the business yeah. in general. Then there, there's it's probably dysfunction the all over the place, yeah. not just the cleanliness. It's taking pride in what you have, even if you're an athlete and it's not technically yours. You still have to take pride in it. You should act like it is. Yeah, because yeah, it, it, it is. Yeah, the, it really those is. Those machines, those those weights, those racks, they're there for you. Yeah, they're not there for for the coaches. They're not there for. Anybody else? They're yeah. there for you to, to so, help you get so better. So use they them are correctly. yours in a sense. Yeah. So take care of them. Yeah. Yeah. The biggest thing at the high school right now is we've been doing testing. So we had to do basically I had to give two weeks because we had like different off season kids coming in at different times. So we had two weeks of testing. If you test it out, you had like just GPP work. So it was kind of a little bit of disorganization just because we had half the kids testing, half the kids just kind of doing GPP workouts. And yeah, one day, like I'm sitting there trying to just get everyone coached up and and watching and monitoring, and then all of a sudden the kids are done with their stuff. And I even said like, hey, when you, when you're done, you can be done. You don't have to stay any longer. Okay, if you want to do extra, you can do extra, whatever. But I just looked around and like there's two kids left finishing their testing, and I just look over and the place is a shit show. Uh-huh. I'm like, oh god. So like we got to fix this. So yeah, it definitely has to be just and it's just having a talk with them, you know. Like, mm-hmm. definitely, like, once you have that conversation and once you set the standards, then, yeah, they got to be disciplined. But, like, when kids can understand more of, like, like I said, this is your stuff. This is this is yours. Treat it like such, and it will reward you in and of a sense. But, yeah, you got to keep stuff organized. Yeah. So, my next one that's kind of light, too, that kind of makes me laugh, is guys that train in front of a mirror for every session. <laughs> 
I don't understand it. You shouldn't I, need a mirror. No. I get it. Like, there's a point in when you train that where you're looking at technique that could you could potentially it's important to have a mirror. Yeah. In but, some some facets. Yeah. I my biggest thing as far as like technique establishing is you have to like feel it. Yes. And oftentimes as long as you're head on with a a mirror and maybe you're squatting or doing something like that, that's when it can be beneficial. But like when you have to crank your neck and turn it to the side to like look to see if like you're getting mm-hmm. depth or nothing, you're compromising your technique. Just by turning your head, you're you're shifting your balance, you're shifting your position. So yes, it could be in and of its sense beneficial. Like, okay, I'm hitting depth. But like if you're doing that at the same time you're trying to move a heavy load, yeah, you're compromising technique. So it's just trying to get a feel for it. But yeah, I do agree as far as a little bit of stuff you can get away with. Yeah, I can't tell you the last time I really trained in front of a mirror. I, I hate it when it comes to lifting, like heavy weight. It mentally messes with me because if I could see myself struggling, my mind just is like, you can't do this. More so it's an aesthetic thing. You're yeah, looking really. at yourself in the mirror. Your yeah. bi- biceps are getting pumped up. Mm-hmm. And I don't need that. Yeah. I know I could feel the pump. Yeah. I don't care how I look. I mean, I know what I look like. You know, it's not going to give me any more confidence if my arms look bigger in front of a mirror. No. Yeah, I had an athlete said that. Like, I wish I had a mirror so I knew, like, my depth of squat. It's like, no. Your spatial awareness sucks. So that's telling you you need to work on, on that. that. <laughs> so I'll tell you. You don't need a mirror to tell you what no. to do. You need to tell yourself Self, what, to, what do. to do. So if you can't, like, the other thing was was it, when the weight got heavier. It's like, yeah. no, your, your spatial awareness sucks then. Yeah. You don't know where you are in space. Yeah. Under stress. Yeah. That's that's a weakness. You need to train that. Mm-hmm. So let's take the weight off. Let's let's taper back a little bit on the loading. Let's work on depth. It's that simple. But she had, was adamant, like, no, if I had a mirror, I could do this weight at that depth. You should be able to do that weight at that depth if Without. you think you can. Yeah. If that, you're an uh, athlete, come so on. So that's, that's my biggest frustration with that. Um, Let's go into that. Yeah, like dysfunction in training. Those type of elements where... Like a, an athlete may not, we're getting a little serious into this now. <laughs> like an athlete may not trust the programming or oh, like yeah. understand the, the coaching and the philosophy behind it. That's obviously the coach needs to be doing everything in their ability to change that. Like I was just talking about, I was telling the athlete, like your spatial awareness sucks. You, you're, you're feeling you can't lift it because you can't get that low or whatever. So like doing everything you can. But when it comes down to, You've said all the things you've said, and you've done all the things you could from a coaching standpoint, and kids still don't hit depth, and they argue with hitting depth, or like they just don't want to. Most of the time, if kids can't fix it from your coaching and their own understanding, it's because they don't want to. They are uncoachable. Yep. Don't Unco- be uncoachable. Uncoachable don't, athletes stink. They, yeah, that's a terrible, terrible thing to be like you're never going to get better that way and i agree with you if you don't buy into what you're saying or i'm saying brock you know it's you're never going to get better it doesn't matter like if you're doing the simplest program you could still get better off of it if you're bought in but if you don't think it'll work it won't work yep and if you think it'll work it'll work you know and you know like we at iowa central i make programming for my athletes and there's athletes that'll They'll do different rep schemes sometimes. I'm like, what are you doing? Or they'll just not rest. I'm like, this is why you suck. Because you know how not to rest. 
because you like to go, 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 where when I'm giving you full recovery, you should be taking this rest so that you can hit a better weight. Yeah. And they just don't understand that. It's every lift session, there's somebody that's just going. And I'm like, why are you going? And then, and then they fail on the rest. And then game. they fail. Yeah, yeah, they fail their they weight. Have to, they have to hit a set of five. They hit it for two or three. I don't know everything, but I know a few things. And I know how important recovery is. Absolutely. So uh, I don't get that. And then it just, now you are disrespecting me because you're not listening to what I have to say. But in return, if I was disrespectful to you, you wouldn't like it. It goes both ways. Like, trust what we have to say because this is going to help you get better. And if you can't, then probably you shouldn't be an athlete and rethink what you're doing. Uh, I so I'm I'm on the same page uh, with that. I also did you have anything else to um, add to that? Yeah. So I was saying like don't just you got to trust the program and you got to trust the coach. And so it's that it's that distrust and that that disrespect that really gets me going. If you don't understand it. Don't arg- like don't argue and don't like just just mistrust it and like just do your own thing. Like do the proper things and go through the pop- proper channels to like get the understanding. So then if if you're like I don't know why we're doing this today at like this loading at this rep range, ask. Always ask. I love when when kids ask stuff. I love when they're trying to understand things in a respectful way. And that, that really like gets me going as a coaching from a coaching side, you should be able to, when someone comes to you with that question, you better be able to answer it. If you're telling your kids to do something at this loading, at this rep range, this type of movement, you got to tell them why. And it has to be pretty sound of an answer. My biggest gripe is when a coach says something like, because it'll make you strong. Cause it'll make you man. <laughs> Get out of here, Chief. You gotta you gotta understand. Like, I don't expect I actually I do expect coaches to have as much understanding as possible, but you don't have to go into the science. You don't have to go into like the nitty-gritty of it, unless a kid asks that. But you should have a sound response for their question. Like, why should I hit depth? Well, you're working more muscle groups. You're tra- you're training more sound technique. You're training better ranges of motion. So you can stay out of harm's way. You can you can gain stronger elements of joints, ligaments, tissues, all that stuff, or like whatever, whatever, however you want to skin it with your answer. But like you should give them the answer. I that's like my biggest gripe from a coaching standpoint is when someone says because, just because, mm-hmm. or they give you that that bullshit answer of it'll make it'll make you strong. Well, no, that's why we're here. Yeah. We're here to be strong. Tell me why though. Tell me or not necessarily how. How is this gonna make me strong? How is keeping a neutral spine going to help me? If the kids are asking that, you should be able to answer that. So, yeah, that gets me going. Yeah, I uh, I agree with all that. I think that that's a problem that I see those most kids don't ask why. Yeah. There's the, the, they just – Questions are getting why. asked. Yeah. Uh, they just they just don't. And, and that's – what you said is what every coach needs to be able to do is if you're doing anything, if it's – you know, with the weight room, if it's not with the weight room, if it's with your specific sport, if you don't have a solid answer of why you're doing it, then don't do it. You know, there always needs to be a reason why you do what you do, how you do it, and that's what makes good coaching from bad coaching. So I'm on board with that. And then the kids out there, if you're listening, you guys need to be asking your coaches the why. Yeah. It's not that you're challenging them, but 
You it should, helps though. you understand. You should challenge it, yeah, your coach. It should. It helps. That's going to tell you if, you if you have the right person in your corner. Yeah, exactly. If they're challenging you and you're not, you're not pushing back in a proper way. Like, be respectful. But if you can't challenge a coach, you guys are just going to plateau together. They're not going to become a more successful coach. You're not become a more successful athlete because you're not pushing each other and trying to raise each other up. It, it is both ways. Yeah. Like, do I expect every athlete to like ask questions? No. Yeah. Like, I would love for every athlete to, like, okay, yep, like, the most positive uh, attitudes ever. But I would really love it, yeah, if kids would try to be more encouraging with themselves as far as, like, asking questions. Yeah, be open. Yeah, yeah. be open and be like, hey, just just find that understanding. You can be respectful with it. You don't – asking a question isn't going to be, like, disrespectful. And if, if the coach is di- disrespected from – a complex question they're not probably that good of a question yeah totally i think this kind of segues into people who give advice to other people who really do not know what they're talking about they they read a brochure yeah (laughs) hey try this because this will work what's backing it up yeah why are you telling me this you know or what have you really ever lifted i saw this on the instagram you should do this. Yeah, yeah, or, yeah. Or back in my day, I was squatting seven hundred pounds. Can you still squat it? No. No. Oh, then why does it matter? You yeah. know, and not there's there are pe- there are people like that that do give great advice that are great lifters out there that yeah. can still back up their whatever they're saying. But I've seen a lot of people who've told me what to do, and I'm like, you don't know what you're talking about. And then on the other side of it, there are people that do know what they're talking about, and I'll take it in and I'll use that advice. But that just so that just goes back to the why. So when they yeah. say those, yeah, I'll back, I did this back in the day, and like it, I got me to eight hundred pound squat. It's like, well, okay, how, how did that happen? Why did it happen? Well, it just did. It made me a man, all right. And you need to go <laughs> go back there and get that going. Get, get, kick rocks, grandpa. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. There is wisdom in in training, and there are there are some great lifters that aren't competing anymore that you know know their know the why and everything else. But if you're a person that tries to give advice to people and you don't have anything to back it up and you have not done it yourself, that's very challenging yes. that you probably shouldn't be telling people what to do or how to do it. From a when I try to coach any any level, general population, specific athletes, just general athletes, right? Like like middle school, high school athletes. I need to know, I need to have as much understanding as possible. One, that's kind of just my demeanor. Like, that's just my character. I like to know things. I like to know everything and, and anything about a specific subject in, in some regards. The, the subjects I'm interested in, mm-hmm. like, like just exercising or like sports training. I, I, need to, I need to have as much understanding just because it's like an addiction to me. But I also know it's like the more understanding I have, the more potential my athletes are going to have. Because I'm gonna be able to give them the knowledge, give them the advice, and just have a better understanding of why. It's like, why are we doing change of direction? Why are we doing uh, speed work? Why are we lifting the way we're lifting? I need to know that so the athletes can then know that, and then I can reiterate to them when they're not doing it right, or if they're getting frustrated. It's just telling them, you know, because so if they're getting frustrated, like, oh, like we're hitting. Th- we're doing this amount of weight with this reps. Like, I wish I could just do more. 
It's like, well, you understand that. Like, we're going to progress to that. We're going to get there. It's going to be a progression. But doing this now is going to put you in a better situation later. So I, I for one, just love the understanding of things. I just love understanding more about everything. And then, too, like, it just, it's just going to make the people around me that much better. Yeah. I think another thing that I would say is that if you're not – not if you're not lifting heavy. Like, there's going to be a point where you won't be able to lift heavy. But, like, as a coach for me, I challenge my athletes all the time saying that I will outwork them. You know, when it comes to conditioning, they would work me any day, you know, for running sprints or whatever. But in the weight room, I'll work you. There's no, there's no doubt in my mind. You will not work harder than me. Um, and a lot of them come out and train with me, and I'll, I'll try to kill them. I mean, not really legitimately kill them, but I'll put them through the ringer and show them, like, this is what we're made of. Like, this is how I do it. Now you know that. And it's another way that they can earn respect for you. Mm-hmm. You know, just training harder than Like, I'm going to grind harder than you. Yeah. I don't talk about it. I'm just about it, and you'll see it when you come train with me. And that's very cocky of me to say, but I'm going to outwork them. I'm gonna take their souls. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna be a harder person than they are, and and I have that thought in my head, and then it helps me outwork them, because mentally they don't have that. Mm-hmm. But as their coach, I need to be better than them in that aspect so I can coach them better. Yes. So I think that that comes with coaching too. There's gonna to be a point where you're not gonna be able to do everything physically better, but as long as I can, I'm going to. Yeah, and if you have some understanding, like you'll always have a better connection with the athlete because mm-hmm. you know you know what they're going through. Exactly. Like you're not gonna like be doing everything they're doing, but if you have some bit of understanding of how things feel, you can better connect with them when they're feeling those things. Because you felt it. Yeah. If you've so, had 500 on your back, or 600, or 700, and you have an athlete that's doing the same thing, you can give them cues that you give yourself. To help you squat better, yeah. you know, with that weight. But if you've never felt that, if you've only had 225 on your back, how the hell are you ever supposed to tell anybody how to squat 400 even? Yep. And then, or just how to push through a, a hard training session. Like if we're doing a bit more frequency than normal or a bit more volume than normal, and you've never done that, and you're harping at these kids or these athletes, like, we got, we're gonna push through this, we got more sets to do, like this and that, like, they're gonna look at you like a dick. But if you're like, hey, I understand this. You know, it's good. It's going to be tough, guys. It's going to be it's going to be hard. It's going to be gritty, but we can do this. It, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. And there's things like this. And then from a standpoint of like knowing your body, you can better give that feedback to the kids that maybe don't know their own bodies yet. So if you got to tell them like, "Hey, if you're feeling a little banged up from the last few days of training, let's maybe push back the the loading today." And Obviously, you sh- you should know how a kid's looking. Like if they're normally like very aggressive out of the bottom of a squat, or they're very like powerful in a bench, and you're not seeing that from them on a specific day, that's your telltale sign to give them a little bit of feedback. So, th- yeah, go ahead. I think it helps you program better too. Yeah, a- absolutely. You know, if you if you've done a certain training session and you're going to have your kids do it or you know your sets and your reps and you've done it and you knew how you felt either you were wrecked or you weren't there's more there's a likelihood of that going going to be the same and maybe potentially more for them could be worse or it could be better because they're younger you know depending on how old you are as a coach 
but at least you know what you need to do to help them not get injured then. If you put them through it, how much recovery are they going to have before their next training cycle? How much sleep are they going to be needing to get? How much do they need to eat? You know, how much are they going to need to hydrate? What are their exercises going to be like the next day? Are you going to have to take extra time to stretch? Are you going to have to do some type of foam rolling? Are you going to have to, you know, have some type of active recovery? What are you going to have to do as a coach? And if you've never done any of the training that you're prescribing to them, you don't know how it's going to feel. No. You don't know if it'll wreck them or if it won't. And our job is not always to wreck. Our job is not to wreck athletes. Let's just say that. Our job is to, yes, there's going to be a time and a place where we will put you through the ringer. But if you don't recover from that, then we're doing it incorrectly. Yeah. I will never give or prescribe or, or suggest something to my athletes that I'm not willing to do myself. Doesn't mean I'm going to do those things. Like I don't like there's certain things in my aspect of training that I don't need to be doing that like a football player or a baseball player is doing. But I will always be willing to experiment with things in my own training that is similar to like what they're going to do. So I might do like a, a variation of a med ball circuit that my athletes are going to do the next week or I might do uh, a certain uh, uh, auxiliary circuit that they might try. Just so again, I have I have, I have that understanding, and I kind of know how things are gonna like feel. I know how things are gonna bounce off each other. I know how these movements will complement each other. If I give them something that's like very low back intense, which I mean, you should just know that from mm -hmm. like just seeing things, but maybe not. But if I feel that, like maybe I can look at a sense of a programming. I can look at it just a at a micro scale, like just looking at a day of programming, and maybe on paper I don't see that. It's low back intense. Maybe it's just it's just clouding like my judgment's clouded. But when I do it, or I try, or at least I get some sense of it in my own training, then I can go back to the drawing board. Like, okay, let's maybe take this out and put this in, or let's maybe do less reps of this. So it's just giving you more understanding of programming, of 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 feel of the workouts, and just a better philosophy of how things are gonna go with whatever training you're gonna do. Yeah. So moving on to the next point that I have in my list of pet peeves, I, I have a hard time understanding people who try to move weight that they're not ready for. You know, I have that a lot with working with younger athletes, you know, 18, 19 year olds, um, where they want to hit these big weights, but they're physically and mentally not ready to do it. And so then it looks like garbage. And there's people that are, that I know that are not athletes that have not trained long enough that, you know, if I want to go a step further, that want it now, but they haven't put in the time. That to me is kind of a pet peeve because with anything you do, you have, there has to be some time put into it to get really, really good at it. And, you know, they... 10,000 reps? Yeah. You, so you can't just expect to do it and then do it day in and day out. You know, there's some people who are really gifted who have, you know, genetics that help them do that type of thing. But then they just don't realize at the end they don't have the, the drive to do it. You know, they get to a certain spot and then they'll fall off because they lose the drive because they've hit that number or whatever else. So I guess I have a hard time with people who, you know, haven't put in the time or who just want to lift big weights, but they don't know, they don't have the understanding of how to do it correctly. So that's a pet peeve of mine. 
So they just throw on the weight and just try to do it. Yeah. And they look like junk. Yeah. And then they get hurt. They get hurt. And then they get set back. Yeah. And then they don't do anything for months. Nope. And then they come back and they try to do it again. Yeah. And then it's just a vicious cycle. Yeah. They don't know how to, it's, it's really being committed and being disciplined to do it correctly and understand that it's, there's probably going to take months and years to get you to the point where you're going to hit good numbers. Because at some point your body will fail you if you don't put in the time, you know, you can, you can, I've seen guys hit some really good numbers but the small joints and ligaments are not ready for that. They can't keep it in it though. No, they can't they can. eat it next week. They can't no. eat the week after that. Nope. Their consistency just sucks. Mm-hmm. And then you say, yeah, you can maybe do that one time. Yeah. You can maybe win once. Yeah. But who wants but, to win? Yeah. Again? Only once. Yeah. And Everybody it, wants to win all the time. Yeah. And so there's there's a method behind the madness of how you do that, and that's being consistent and understanding that every day is going to probably suck, but you have purpose and a reason to continue to train to get you to that point where you're hitting a number so that you can get past that mm-hmm. or whatever. My biggest thing is far from a, from a weight room perspective, from a, a f- developmental athlete perspective, I wish more kids would understand how important the weight room is, but also how, small of a of a segment it is over their overall training i mean it's it's big and it, it's, it has a big portion of it but it's not everything so i see these kids wanting to like you said lift the numbers and do the things because maybe someone else is doing it or maybe the they saw this athlete do it one time but they don't see the other things these athletes are doing they don't see the, the recovery process they don't see the small things that these guys are doing like activating their glutes activating their hamstrings and doing warm-up sets like they just see the 20 second youtube instagram twitter clip of their favorite athlete doing this lift and that's what they want to do so they go and they do it just like you kind of said but most of the time maybe they like that athlete but that athlete isn't going to last long it's it's the longevity i'm talking sports sports perspective i'm not really talking like lifting. So I'm talking to these, maybe these kids that I have in the weight room that want to be professional ball players or they want to be a high level athlete. You got to understand that your effort needs to be 100% in the weight room. But oftentimes the best guys in the weight room are not the best guys on the field. So the guys that are hitting the, the biggest numbers and they're inconsistent with it. So it was like, it's cool and all. I know, like, I have a couple of these kids that, I mean, they're they're dogs in the weight room. But they're third string. And why is that? Because they just want to lift big. And they just want to do the, the fun, flashy stuff. But they don't see, like, the, the effort that's put into technique, fundamentals, secondary work. Like, they're putting all the time into squat. While the other kids are going in and they're getting their auxiliaries in. And they're getting their foam roll in. And they're getting their conditioning in. And that all plays a role into it. So if most kids could start to understand that, like, I love it when you guys go crazy in the weight room on a lift. I love it when you guys are cheering people on. I love it like when you're really pushing the envelope when it needs to be pushed. But when you check out the moment after you hit a good squat and you don't go do your auxiliaries, you don't go do your, your hamstring work, your hip work, that, that's going to 
pay a price long term. So like the best athletes are not necessarily the best lifters. I agree. Hey, I, I see. And I, but I do want to say the best athletes are, are still putting in a good effort. You know, like, don't get me wrong. I'm not going to say, like, well, the, the, the good athletes don't do anything in the weight room. They do. They're just not that flashy, you know. They're just they're, – they're workers, hard workers. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I, I agree – yeah, I agree and, and I disagree. And and it's not – I agree with what you're saying because I see that too. And then on the other side, I think you would agree with me too, is you do get those athletes that are all around just good at everything, you know, that are your studs yeah. that can move weight. I'm, I'm and, talking from a general perspective. Yeah. Yeah, there could definitely be some outliers in there. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, it's, I see a variation of both. I have some really, really, really good athletes on the field that are terrible in the weight room, and then I have some – really really good athletes in the weight room that are terrible on the field and then i have some that are good both in yeah. both yep and so it's just but i everything you're saying is is spot on i'm just saying like it's just it's the matter of fact of just being consistent, consistent. all around yeah yeah and doing everything you can, yeah to, you can be, be the, the best, best lifter and the best ball player and the best everything it's just it's just understanding that that takes consistency and and those people that are the best that are unstoppable and whatnot are doing everything to be that person. Absolutely. They're, they're doing their recovery and everything. Like you just said, I always tell the kids, small things become big things. You got to do the small things. Correct. That's a big thing we talk about all the time because it's the small things that get you to where you want to go. It's not big, big steps. Don't get you there. It's small, tiny steps day in and day out. That'll get you to where you want to be. And most kids aren't willing to do that. Most people aren't willing to do that. And so once in a while, they'll get lucky, and they'll hit some big number. Well, how did you get there? Did you Was it your training, or was it luck? Or I mean, you obviously, some, some of what of it has to be training. But like you said, a lot of people aren't hitting those small muscle groups. A lot of people aren't doing the recovery correctly. And so they can't sustain that type of training. Where I was one of those people probably three years ago, two years ago, where I wasn't doing working the hammies, I wasn't working the glutes, I wasn't working the lower back, upper back as much as I should have. And so I changed that style of training. I thought the biggest and most important thing was lifting the big numbers. Mm -hmm. And that was it. And then I'd get hurt. And now I realize that there's more to it than that. 80% of your training should be accessory work. 20% is, is the heavy lifting. Yep. Most people don't, uh, don't do that. And so... But that's why most people can't sustain it longevity-wise with training in a weight room or, you know, doing what they their sport is in the weight room or doing their own sport in general. You know, you I, we both probably see kids all the time that are getting hurt. Well, why are you getting hurt? Well, you're not taking care of yourself. Their recovery probably sucks is the first thing I look at. And then maybe secondly, they're not bought in. And thirdly, they're uncoachable. Those three things are what I see with people who get injured. And then once they the injury occurs, they fall off because they don't know how to push through it. Mm -hmm. And that's people that train in a weight room too. You know, they hit a good number, they get injured, then they fall off for a month or two. And then they try it again, and then they try it again. And the same thing keeps happening, and then they think, it, well, it's that lift that, that made them that way. It's a lift that they're, they're not good at. Well, probably is, but what else are you not doing right? You're not sleeping right. You're getting four hours of sleep, and you're trying to squat over 500. You're trying to pull 600. You're just trying to bench 400. I don't know. 
Well, if you're not getting that sleep, how are you going to ever do that? If you're not eating, if, you, if you've if you gone on no food all day, you cannot li- expect yourself t- to lift and not get hurt. Or if you're not warming up correctly, that's another one on my list. People who don't warm up. Come on. Like, oh, yeah, that, let's talk about that. That's huge. Next. Like, I... <laughs> And in the weight room at Iowa Central, guys especially, I think they're, what I see is both things. I see females and guy and males who some of them just don't know what to do for warm-ups. So you have to just tell them, hit this, this, and this, and this. And I'm talking about after the warm-up. You know, during the warm-up, before we actually get under the bar, a lot of the kids don't take it seriously. And then a lot of them are getting hurt. And it's like, well, if you would have done the damn warm-up, you wouldn't be getting hurt. There's a reason that we're doing this. Yep or they half-ass it and it's like what are you doing like you're just going through the motions and that's another one don't go through the motions like this is your time to get better why don't you utilize it don't be that that dip that just does stupid things because you don't care and that and that (laughs) won't get you anywhere and so you know i see that all the time warm-up sucks okay well then you're already starting off your training session pretty pretty shitty so then now we're going to try to get you under the bar and whatever lift you're doing or pulling the bar, whatever, that's probably going to be garbage. Then your numbers that you're pulling, whatever you're hitting for sets are garbage. So now you just lost your whole trading cycle. Now somebody's outworked you on another team. That's what I always tell my kids too. You are weak. Somebody's outworking you. Somebody's going to take your spot. Understand that because somebody is genetically better than you, possibly a better athlete on the field, a better athlete in the weight room, and they do things right. Who's going to be at the end of the day? Who's going to be a winner? That other person, not you. Don't be garbage. And that's what they are. They want to be garbage, and they don't understand that. And then when we get to the bar, it's, okay, I'm going to hit the bar, like Coach says, 10 reps. And then it's like throw on 225 if we're squatting. It's like you're not warmed up for that. I don't care who you are. I mean, I can do it sometimes. You know, I can just go in and do it. But that's it's dumb. It feels like crap. But they do it day in and day out. And it's like, okay, no, I'm going to tell you every single set. You need at least six sets, seven sets of warm-up sets before you even get started. To get the body functioning and moving correctly where you where when you get to your working sets, you're ready to go. And I tell people that like five sets of warm-ups, that's what I I do three sets of just doing the actual working sets. So then they're lost when you say five or six warm-up sets. They're what I get is coach, that's I'm gonna be tired. No, you might be the first day or you just gotta train through it, you yeah. know. Train your body well, to th- not be tired. What they wanna do is they wanna hit big weights on those working right sets. Right away. Yeah. And they don't understand. It's like maybe they should hit their hit their warm up sets, not do as much weight as they expect day one. So if, mm-hmm. if you have like let's say three sets of three, just just general expand. Like your your working sets are gonna be you're gonna be three by three, but like you said, you want to get about maybe three to five warm up sets to that weight. Mm-hmm. But that's that's a working set. That's not like like a max loaded set, because then next week that three by three at that weight we're gonna go up. And then we're going to go up 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 past where you expected to be on day one. We're going to be up 20, 30, 40 plus pounds by weeks six, seven, eight, nine. That's the idea. Mm-hmm. Kids don't th- see it like that. They see it in one one perspective of like, this is the most weight I'm ever going to hit and I'm going to do it now. Now, yeah. How about we get that that expectation of that weight and exceed it? By having that that linear progression of and, time and being able to last that nine weeks exactly, you know, day one, don't get hurt. I see that too. Like, you just what did you just do? That's what I ask. Because oh, coach, I went from three fifteen to three sixty five on my bench. What? what? <laughs> I mean, that's over. You that's know, a huge. That's number. a huge jump. 
and, and it's like, and, and oh, coach, I felt something pop in my shoulder. What are you doing? You know, I can't. It's 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 a crappy situation where you know, being the only strength coach in the weight room, you can't see it physically, see it all. And so things like that will happen where a kid will make a big jump, and then I, they tell me afterwards what they did, and I'm like, that was the dumbest thing you could have done. Okay, so when you get to a lot of times where I'll tell kids, ask me, okay, put yourself in that vulnerable position that we've talked about in prior podcasts. Ask me what sets you should be doing for your working sets. And then before that, let's talk about your warm-up sets. This is what I want you to do. 135, 185, 225, 275, then your first set would be 315. And usually that's a good progression if they're a stronger kid, if they're going to start at 315. Now, if they're weaker, it wouldn't be like that. You know, if you're only starting at 185 for a bench, I would probably have my athletes go barbell. We do a 20-20-20 where we go 20 reps with the barbell at close grip, 20 reps normal grip, 20 reps wide grip. That's a set, a warm-up set. Then they, the next person goes and the next person. Usually we have three or four guys in a group. And then we go 95, 10 reps. 135 might you be. You give them those weights. Yeah. You will do this at the, this, this. At this. Yeah. Yeah. And then they, when they get to 185, they have recovery because somebody else is going with these warm-up sets mm-hmm. with them that they feel warmed up and they're good. And then you're going to minimize the chances of getting injured. And that's what it's all about. Yeah. But they sometimes they don't get that. If I get a newer kid and this is too the coach, I, I just can't do this many sets. Yeah, you probably can't because you're weak. But at some point, you should be able to. Train your body to get to that point. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't expect a day one. Yeah, it's just like it just harps back to what we talked about earlier in this podcast. Is just is buying into that program. You know, because I could, I could give you the weights to hit. I could give you how it should feel. I could give like doesn't matter what I'm using. If I'm using percentage work, if I'm using RPs, if I'm whatever I'm using, I as a coach need to be in a place to to describe it in the right way to a kid gets it. And if they don't get it, I need to find another way to describe it to where they get it. And I just need to have those hard conversations, or not even hard conversations, just a conversation with the kid. I think oftentimes, some, not all, but like some some coaches maybe just don't want to have those conversations of like, hey, let's let's work this out, you know? Because like how you're saying, like you're a good good example of that. It was like just giving them the whys, or the why not? Like why did you do that? Okay, don't do that because of this. Some kids are – oftentimes I see so many athletes hear this or coaches hear that. It's where it's like, just don't do that. Don't do that again. You know Why? why? Yeah. Because they, they are going to do that again. They're going to yeah. – here's what a lot of coaches should probably understand is your coaches or your, your athletes are going to go off the grid. They're going to go AWOL on the programming quite more times than not. It's just having that net casted to where you can steer them in the right directions. There's, I, I know my athletes are going to put on more weight sometimes than I tell them to. But if you just allow it, you're part of the problem. But like you said, too, it's like we sometimes have a, a, f- a frustrating component of it. It's like we're, we're the only ones in the weight room or, or we don't have enough eyeballs, so we don't see it all the time. But I know me and you are good at having those parameters set to where if a kid gets out of range, we can reel them back in. Yeah, so there's... Funny things that I'll – the first thing I'd say um, is <laughs> I'll watch a kid do a set. <laughs> and I know they won't get hurt doing it, but I know it's not it, – they jump You know too. what's going to happen. I know that it was too big of a jump. And the first thing I'll say is, like, hey, 
How'd that feel? How'd that feel? <laughs> it looked like crap. I bet you feel like crap. Or if they miss it, you're like, did, yeah. that, did that go the way you thought yeah, it would? Yeah, I bet you felt good. And they're like, yeah, what do you mean, coach? I'm like, you just made too big of a jump. You weren't ready for that. And that's why you bombed out. That's why you only hit three reps instead of five reps. Now, another thing that I that annoys me is, you know, I'll tell a kid, I'm pretty good at prescribing weights and pretty good at lowering. If you miss, I usually drop it. Let's say, like I just said, you hit three out of five. We'll drop it 20 pounds. Sometimes kids, won't, I'll tell them that, and they won't do it. It's like 10, They'll go up 10, 10 pounds. pounds per rep or something. Yeah. I just told you to drop 20 pounds, and you just bumped Went it up, up 10. And then and you, you didn't just hit, hit one. Yeah, and then you didn't <laughs> hit one, and so you missed the stimulus, so you're not getting better. Yeah. It's like, I, I get it. You want to lift these great weights, but there's a reason why I say what I say to you is because I know you're going to fail. Or if you failed, let's not fail again. I want to get the stimulus. I want to get the the training done correctly. Let's do it correctly, and this is how we do it. And then it's the kid that just sucks at everything, that doesn't do it, and they're in their own world, and they're the non-coachable athlete. They're just a turd, and this is why you suck. And you're going to continue to suck because you won't listen to a coach who's trying to help you. So then at some point, I just don't have time for that. And I'm like, okay, well, keep failing. And when you're ready to get better, come talk to me. I just More kids need to understand that you can do a lot of things in the weight room and still get absolutely nowhere. And there's kids, and the kids you're describing right now are perfect examples of that. They're, I mean, they're lifting, you know, they're hitting weights. They might be hitting big weights. They're not hitting the fives when they're, and they're hitting threes instead. They're not doing all five sets. They're only doing three. So they're, they're doing stuff. And they might be even doing a lot. They might be doing it vigorously. They might be putting a lot of intensity into it. But they're, they're, they're missing the mark. So when, like when we say five by five, it's five by five, not four by three. Or not five, five, three, zero, zero. Yeah, it's five by five. You know, it's the other thing that I have problems with is in a circuit. If we're doing higher reps, you know, on a banded work, you know, we might do sets of twenty. Why stop at fifteen? I count. I catch so many kids just stopping at fifteen. I'm like, yep. is, is that all you got? Are you going to be a cheater the rest of your life because you're doing that right now? Do you cheat reps on the field? You probably do. Do you cheat in class? You probably do. Everything that you do in the weight room can relate to everything else, like we've talked about. In life, if you're a cheater, if you skip reps, if you do things incorrectly, you do it outside of there. A hundred percent. It's just, it's a no brainer. And that's a hard thing kids struggle with is, is tying that, tying the weight room to other things where, oh, well, I'm tired today. So I'm going to hit 15 out of 20. Well, you probably were cheating yourself all day long. And now you're just going to continue that habit. And that's, I just don't understand that. You know, why Why stop when you have five reps left? Or why stop at 18 when you have two reps left? That makes no sense in my mind. And there's just, there's a difference between stopping and then, like, like physically not being able to, like, to go on. Yeah. Like, if you can't hit the 20 reps, you need to swallow your pride. You need to get a taste of humble pie and drop the, down the weight. Yeah. Like, you, like, you're supposed to do in the strength stuff. So, like, the strength and the auxiliary stuff are, like, hand in hand. Yeah. Or if it's, like, if you can't do the, like, the type of band work, well, maybe go down to a lighter band. Or if, and if, if you're just physically weak, which it's fine to be physically weak. Yeah. If you can't hit the, the amount of volume that we're expecting out of you, you need to come tell us. You don't just... just, just Not do it. Yeah, just I, throw I'm it to the side and, and say, oh, well, I'm just like, I'm just going to do 15 instead of 20. Or I'm just going to do 10 instead of 12. Like, it's fine. I'm doing... Like, again, it just goes back to what I was saying. You're doing something, but you're not doing, doing everything. Yeah. And you're not doing it to the right 
ways yeah. to where it's like you're doing a lot, but you're not getting anywhere. On Friday, we had morning lift with football, and I had a football player. And I write everything on the board, kind of mm-hmm. like you do in your weight room. There's a whiteboard in our weight room. It has the sets. It has the exercise, and it has the reps in big letters. I don't care if you don't have your glasses on. If you're blind as hell, you could see it. You have that, and you probably have sheets. Yes, and sheets. And I get asked every day, Coach, what are our sets and what are our reps? It's on the board. It's been on the board since day one, and you have a sheet right in front of you. Now you're lazy. Come yeah. on. Get, get away from that. Now, what I was going to, though, is this kid was doing – we were doing – I do like a burnout of, of curls just because it's fun. So you're doing – I think they had three sets of 20 or something with a light – like a 45-pound bar so they couldn't get sloppy on it. This kid did 12, 12 reps and set the bar down. And I said, hey, how many reps are we supposed to do today? 12. I'm like, what? Are you sure? Yeah, coach. And I'm like, why don't you look at the board? Oh, I thought it was 12. I'm like, so you just did every other set, two sets before this and this one at 12 reps. How many reps did you miss? Uh, I don't know, coach. Oh, I said too many. So pick up that bar. So I made him do, I don't know, like 35 reps. And he got them all. And I'm like, what if you just would have done 35 reps the entire time for every single set? Now you're out working everybody. But instead, you want to cheat yourself. And this is why you get beat on the line. This is why you're not you're you're just an average athlete, but that's that's what most of them do. Most of them want to do either not the enough reps, the bare minimum of doing the reps, but I don't ever see anybody going past that. If you tell me twenty, I'm gonna be a crazy sick. I want to cuss, but I'm not going to in the weight room. And you're twenty five. I'm gonna do twenty five thirty. I'm gonna eat yeah. you every rep because I'm better than you. Yeah. That's my mentality. Nobody is going to outwork me. Be a dog. Be that guy. Be the hardest worker in the weight room. You have no excuse. Don't let anybody take that from you. So I have a couple more points, a couple other topics. Uh, one, two of them are, are going to be, I guess they're all not very serious. I don't know. Maybe we can get them serious. But I got one. <laughs> we, can, we can end on a light note. <laughs> <laughs> Guys that wear G-string shirts in the weight room. You know what I'm talking about? G-string like shirt. Like the the little the little Oh, um, like the like like a bro tank. Like a bro like tank, very, but a, like, like a spaghetti strap. But it's, yeah, exactly. Oh. That I do not get. Unless you're like Ronnie Coleman. Big. Unless you fit the shirt. Exactly. Which most of the time it's not they the do case. Not, yeah. Yeah. Come on. Like if you're a bodybuilder that's at 250, 260, stacked, 220, I don't even care. I respect that. But 90% of the guys that were wearing those shirts. Do not fill those shirts. Why are you doing that? And you look at yourself every day. Yep. What are you trying to do? What are you getting out of it? I don't get it. And then you, uh, and then you just gotta ask them if they got that out of their girlfriend's closet. Yeah, <laughs> that's a small. Come on, man. That's a that's a medium, and <laughs> that's your girlfriend's. The other thing that's kind of funny is here's I, here's what I want to get to. Where, yeah. Just wearing the proper gym attire. Uh, yeah. There's there's two settings to it, you know, like depending on what you're doing. But like from a from an athlete's perspective, we have so many kids like during football season, morning weights, they'd be wearing like their hey dudes, and it's like what are you what are you doing right now? You're wearing those hey, slip on shoes. Yeah, the slip on like <laughs> the hey dudes. I'm like you're you're wearing those wow. to lift. I get wearing them to the gym. To the gym and then putting then on your putting tennis shoes. shoes. Yeah, but it's like 
How are you supposed to do anything? Yeah, else? you you definitely can't squat in them. Like had, how we were saying, like st- being connected to a barbell, yeah. kinetic energy, kinetic energy from the floor. Yes, if, if you're on some of these, these these dudes spongy, shoes. squishy shoes, you're not gonna like you're not you're gonna not be able to anything. apply for, force or produce force. No, yeah, you don't have that that kinetic energy at all. Yeah, and then just wearing like wearing the the, the right kind of clothes, like you said, like. I've seen so many times kids get tripped up, like maybe because like their shorts are just too big or their shirts are just too big. So like we might be doing like speed drills or something like that, and like they're literally swimming in their shirt because it's too big. Like from a from a certain perspective, I understand like like you you have what you have. Yeah. But if you can control it, mm-hmm. I have to say if you can control what you're gonna wear, like the hate the hate dudes are the big big biggest one I'm gonna what? talk about. The hate dudes. Oh, the, the, I thought you, okay. The the shoes, you, yeah. What did those just become popular again? Something like that. Because they were popular like five, six years ago. Yeah. And then I, I mean, I bought a pair. I didn't mean to get off topic, but yeah. Now I'm seeing them a yeah, lot. I have an, I have like an old pair that I still kind of wear every now and then. But yeah, yeah. they're like five years old. Huh. And I am seeing them a lot. But yeah, in the gym, like th- those kids have have sneakers. Those yeah. kids have shoes to wear besides that you're just being lazy mm-hmm. you just don't want to put on your they'll, you don't want to lace up they'll figure it out when they drop a weight on yeah. the toe when they drop a weight on their toe or they're when they get just like you said Clock. crushed off yeah. the line because they don't have that kinetic awareness to yeah. the ground yeah you know i had a couple kids come in with flip-flops what the mm. hell are you gonna do in flip-flops yeah what are you what are you doing until you drop something on your foot you i mean i did that i dropped 25 i thought i had taken it off and it was still on the bar, so I was taking off a 45, and there was a 25 in front of it. Fell right on my big toe. Ooh. And I had tennis shoes on, and that hurt so bad. And, like, a, a tennis shoe's not going to save you that much, but it's going to— Better than a flip-flop. It's better than a flip-flop. You're probably going to cut off your toe. Like, yeah. until you damage something, you're not going to learn. And and these kids don't understand it. They just think they're invincible. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, there's going to come a time in your life where you're going to get hurt. And then they're, like, running during warm-ups, and you just hear— you are not running. It's like, what are you, you doing? Get, get out of here. Yeah. Me. But then they're like, well, I'll just go barefoot. It's like, uh. Yeah. Like, There's if a we're place squatting, for deadlifting, whatever. But yeah. like, if I'm going to, like, you're going to go do change of direction, speed work, like, you need some type of shoe on. Yeah. Man. Yeah. There is a place where I could say you could do strides and whatnot without shoes. It's good. But, you know, even like the hey dudes are terrible. You know, and I'll get a kid, a lot of kids that'll get flashy tennis shoes, just, you know, the $250, $150, $200 plus tennis shoes that look really, really cool, but you can't do anything in them. Yeah. They're just, like, there's like Nike Mares used to make the Air Max. Marshmallows on your shoes. Yeah. Feet. There, I've, there's a kid that I don't forget what school we were at. Maybe it was at you and I who blew through his Air Maxes when Ooh. he was squatting. It was like he squatted out, both of them popped. And I think he almost dropped the weight if he didn't. And I'm like... Or just like, yeah, bailed. Yeah. He had to do something. All right. So there you go. There, There's your answer. I, for myself, for the people out there, I was wearing... So I wear Vans when I normally do a normal squat. Low. They're not They're not a high top. They're just they're like a low, low, low profile. Low profile Vans. Flat bottoms usually, yeah. right? And so one day when I was box squatting with the safety, I was unracking it. So I take two steps... And then another two steps to get into wide stance. And when I was getting to the third step and fourth step, when I finally got my left foot set, it wasn't right. And so I tried to shift it and my ankle rolled. And I had five, 50 plus 100 pounds of chains on my back. 
that bar went straight forward. I went straight forward. So what I what I'm what I'm trying to take from that is is that it was a low profile shoe that didn't help my. You can't do much when you yeah, have that have, much weight yeah. on your back. But there's no support. I will never wear those low profile shoes again when I box squat. I'm always in a high top now, just because I feel safer, and it probably just helps. So there is that. There's a leaf blower going on right now. <laughs> uh yeah. Just wear wear the proper uh, wear the proper gear. Because the biggest thing is safety. Yeah. Regardless of like if you look like an idiot or not, you're just not safe. It's not safe. Don't do it. So the second to last one I wanted to to get out there is people who scream. Don't be a screamer. The only reason you should be a screamer is if you are lifting a significant amount. Like significant amount. One hundred percent max. Like at a heavy amount. Yeah. At a heavy amount. If you're not, if If you're not, if you're 100% 135, (laughs) get out here, bro. (laughs) I would say my expectation is for grunting on a bench press would be above 400. If you're squatting, you have to be above 550. And if you're deadlifting, you have to be above 600. I just think if you're going to grunt, it needs to be like, like you're fully exerting all your energy. And it needs to be like the last like little bit. Like if you're, if you're locking out. It's like, oh, like the climax, right? Oh, God. That's what it is. But it, I see guys that are like, just yeah. look like freaking monkeys out there. <laughs> going you, to hit, you just going want to somebody to watch you. Yeah. And then nine times out of time, nine times out of ten, you fail. Yeah. What was all that screaming for? And you're not lifting anything. Yeah. You are not lifting Dude, anything. You're not Ronnie Coleman. No. Quit kidding yourself. You don't look like him and you don't lift like him. And I don't get it. I'll give you a little bit of, I don't know if I said this on another podcast before. I might have. I'll give you a little bit of context of why not to do that. Because you'll bust a ball sack. <laughs> Did that happen to you? Yeah. What? Well, the, so bu- I didn't bust the ball sack, but we talked about it that one time. Oh, when, yeah, when you, yeah. That was when you busted your ball yeah. sack. <laughs> was that from grunting? The, my doctor said it was potentially like, so when you like get that, like that high. Uh, uh, internal abdominal yep, pressure, yep. and then you like you let it out. If you let it out like the wrong way, which is usually like your your pelvic floor, right, where you you drive mm-hmm. into your uh your your midline diaphragm, uh, all that it, all that pressure just goes downward. And us fellas got some 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 supplies down there yeah. that, that could get wrecked. So you're he telling me you're not a, a screamer? Anymore. It was a possibility. No. <laughs> And it's and he would say it was more like it was like that low like grunt like oh like like ah he's like that's probably what it he's like it could possibility did your doctor make those noises no he oh, okay. he was just like right, it was like a, like a low grunting okay like noise so like a gorilla don't yeah. be a gorilla yeah it, it, you probably don't look like one either so no. you have no no reason to make yeah. those noises you should look like an angry gorilla don't sound like an angry yes gorilla. <laughs> yes and lift like an angry gorilla those things are crazy. The last thing... Yeah, you got one more? Yes, is... I'm glad you got enough. I only put, like, five. I probably, probably because I'm a dick. <laughs> and, and there's just... I've, I've been in the weight room Oh, I can think of way more. I just, like... It's, you know when you... Like, you just put on the spot. Like yeah. That, like, every time we try to make these podcasts, I'm like, I'm going to sit down and make a list. I'm going to make a little bit of, a, like, a timeline of things to talk about. And I can't. Oh, yeah. But I'll be, like, driving to the supermarket... And I was just like, oh, that'd be a good thing. Yeah. Normally, I need to get better at like just jotting it down or like pulling out my phone and like making a, a voice memo. But I don't. I'm always like ignorant of myself. Like, 
I'll remember it. Yeah. And then I'll go to write it down. I'm like, oh, shit, what was that? This is just, you know, five minutes before we do the podcast, just make a list. Uh, okay, so the last one is people who get everything off of social media. They watch videos. They watch, you know, and I'll, I'll go. Without I'll, knowing the context. Yes. Let's say and, that. And so they're, or they just, it's videos, it's Instagram, it's YouTube, it's it's Twitter. It's so cool. I'll yeah. That. Yeah. And, and they see it, but they don't know the why behind that of why that person is doing it and what else they're doing. There is a lot of great information out there. I will say that, though. There is some great information out there. That's there not, are some that's... people to follow that are very good mm-hmm. that I would say are reputable, that, that know their stuff, that give great information. But then there's a lot of garbage. I feel like there's yeah. more and garbage. even then, those, those things might not be for the specific setting yeah. you're, you're either programming for or you're training for. Yeah. So you have to understand, like, there's there's certain elements of training in all aspects. Yeah. Like, yeah. There's so many it, things out there. Do they apply to you or do it, they yeah. apply to your athletes? That's what you got to know. Do your research to figure out, okay, so you're if you're going to take something from somebody that you've seen, what is – how is that person being backed? Like, what are, what are their qualifications? Excuse me. Um – how long have they been doing it? I have a million followers on Instagram. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's some garbage out there. Uh, <laughs> no, yeah. That, I'm saying no, don't. What's their history? You know, have they competed? Have they competed in CrossFit? Have they competed in bodybuilding? Have they competed in Olympic weightlifting? Have they competed in at a high strongman? Level. Yeah. At a, at high, a high level. level. And powerlifting. Not like uh, they, they made it a year and then, and then they that's fizzled it. out. Or they never were a professional. You know, or they, or they don't have like the coaching credentials behind. Yeah, because I know a lot of people like from if we're talking CrossFit, that maybe made it a year, or like we're just like mid-level athletes, but they they have all the coaching credentials and like they own their gyms and they like they know their stuff. Yeah. And so yeah, you just know like know what, where you're finding your sources from. Yeah. And is it is the is it credible? Is it credible? Yeah, I said reputable, but yeah. So and and so that I don't get that. You know, I see that a lot. Or kids will show me videos, and I'm like, oh, let's yeah. Let's do this. Yeah, let's do this. Or have you let's ever tried s- this? Let's do Swiss ball one-legged overhead squats with 135. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's break yourself. You know, there's just there's just so much washed-out stuff. And, and I, you got to – and then that's the thing is a lot of people see these people that they, they look really good. Their physique's really good. And they follow everything that this person's saying. And I'm like, no, it's a bunch of garbage Half the time, Dude, or social media is garbage. Yeah, all of it's garbage. Yeah, there's only certain places you can get your information from. And when it comes to strength and conditioning, look into the research. Mm-hmm. Look at research-based articles to figure out yeah. if it's good or information. Like, whatever your whatever type of media you're into, yeah, like just research the source that you're you're getting it from. You know, because there's so much content out there that is valuable, like mm-hmm. you, like you previously mm-hmm. said, but there's a lot of junk. And you have to sift through that. Yeah. So if you're someone who just straight up, the first flashy thing you see on Instagram, you're throwing in your programming. And every now and then, you know, there could be something. It's usually, I, I use the 80-20 rule with like all of my things. Nutrition, 80-20. Uh, my personal, even I mean, even from an athletic standpoint, like 80-20. So like 80% of like my programming is going to be bread and butter, very appliable uh, factual based stuff, you know, like it's proven science of like this stuff works, but every now, like 20, 10, 20% of that stuff, like on like a Friday, like we might do like a fun, fun Friday, like finisher or something. 
because then it, it makes the training sessions a little bit more lighthearted. You're not just pounding the pavement. You're not like just hating life, you know, you got to have a little bit of fun, especially with like high school based athletes. It's like I try to a few sessions a week. Again, it's not the whole session. It's it's 10, 20 percent of it. We'll, we'll do something a little fun, you know, we'll do like a little relay. We'll do a little like team bonding, like fun exercises, just so it makes it lighthearted and it's not as like dreadful. Yeah. So there's certain things that you can pull from that are like fun. But yeah, like if you're going to make that the staple of your programming, you got problems. The problem is too, is that people that get all this information from social media sources, they never stick to one thing. So, like, let's say, for instance, I follow, like, Eddie Cohen's a phenomenal, he was a phenomenal powerlifter, and I do one of his, I utilize something from him. And then, which I should probably do to three three to four weeks, at least, to get a stimulus out of that, whatever I'm doing. And then I do that for a week, and then I switch it up. A single day? You just do it for a day? day. And then I do this other stuff that I got from Louis Simmons, and then I do another thing that I got from Matt Winning, you're talking about program hoppers. Yes. I, that is a big pet peeve of mine. I can't believe I didn't Or even that like... No, yeah. Cherry, cherry picking program hopping is like my... Pro- program hopping the and worst. then it's it's uh, even to go a step further with the program hopping is you're trying to get cues and so you you get a cue like you're trying to... Let's say you're trying to learn how to deadlift or squat and this coach that you're listening to says this cue and think about this but then this other person is not on the same page that you're watching that's going against that. So then now you're confused on what cues to use. And then, you know, then the next person, the next person. So then you're never, ever getting good at the squat because you're trying to work on everything that everybody's saying. Yeah. Does that make sense? And that, that goes straight in line with program hopping. So many people do that. De- dedication, consistent, and uh, just simple practices. Yeah. Simple consistency aids in tremendous results yes compared to flashy inconsistent the biggest thing is consistency just be consistent with what you're doing in the right parameters like do the right things consistently yeah 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 and that's all basic is good yeah it doesn't have to be overcomplicated to get you better because most people can't do basic Um, simple simple works yeah so that's not easy, easy. Like simple is not easy. That's a big that, thing yeah, a lot of people don't understand is like we might do something simplistic in a in a training session and they think we're not doing anything because it's simple. It's like, no, it's, it's not easy. It shouldn't be easy. If it feels easy, we're doing something wrong. So you either got to you got to put in more effort or you got to tell me like, hey, I don't think this is adequate enough for our training. Like I'm not feeling the right p- stimulus. So as, a, as an athlete, again, have those conversations with your coach. And to go with that with another pet peeve and I'll stop talking, is that people feel like they always have to be sore to get a good, yes. to feel like they trained well, or in their cases, probably worked out. They feel like, oh, if I'm not sore, then I didn't work out hard enough. Well, no. you're working out, number one, that's your number one problem, and you're not training. And then your mindset of being broke and sore all the time, you're only going to get injured, and you will become broke. Mm-hmm. So don't have that mindset. You don't need to be sore every single day to have gotten something out of your training. Yeah, you, yeah, you you got it. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that's good. Wow, hour twenty. That's our longest one. That is our longest one. That's pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. So 
Uh, if you got through this whole podcast, we thank you for listening. Uh, thanks for sitting in with this background noise. I bet that sounds great. Uh, we apologize. But hey, thanks for tuning in and uh, thanks for staying with us. You know, we had a couple weeks off, but we're back at it. And I felt we, we came back at a high note. Yeah. This was a good definitely. one. Uh, so my last thing to say is if you have any advice on some certain topics you want to hear, uh, talking points, whatever, shout us out, uh, let us know, send us a message, do whatever, uh, give us the support and yeah, that's it. Yeah. All right. Bye. <laughs>